0: Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor. And today we're talking about which NBA players have the most and the least amount of help. And I think this is a fun conversation. I think it's a conversation we have all the time about players. Charles Barkley famously always talks about how certain players aren't better. They just have more help. And we finally came up with a way to quantify that over here at Basketball Index. So What we have is we have LeBron, which is like our flagship all-in-one stat, and that can be broken down into O-LeBron and D-LeBron for offense and defense. I've talked about this a million times on the show. But now we have something. We just changed the name of it. It used to be called something else. Now it's called Teammate and then whatever stat you want to look up in the site. I think it used to be called Context where it was like trying to tell you the player's context, but we decided Teammate's just a way better name. So like you'll have Jamal Murray's LeBron or his O LeBron, right? It's like a two, it's a 2.0, right? And then his teammate O LeBron is a different number. And basically when he's on the court, what is the average LeBron, O LeBron of the players around him? So we finally have a way to quantify like a pretty good way how much help a player has around them And that's pretty important for taking into account, you know, how valuable a player is, what their situation is. Um, Something like Russell Westbrook, where in his MVP season, I'm going to guess his teammate, O'Lebron, extremely low. And that was part of the argument of why what he was doing was so impressive. Now, it happens the opposite way, right? Like you're on the Golden State Kevin Durant teams and you get dinged a little bit because it's like, well, you're on a super team, yada, yada, yada. So these Arguments have always existed, I think, for good reason, but now we have the ability to use more concrete numbers when having these types of conversations. So maybe they're a little bit more fair, I guess, maybe a good way to describe it. I'm not sure, but let's look at which teammates had the most help on offense and defense and we'll dig into that and see what we can kind of find out so basically what i did to create this list of players is i was like right now i just want to look at star players like who are the players we know about at the top of the league that are getting the most and least amount of help so what i did was i went to our leaderboard tool we have a way you can filter by the search at the bottom it's called the custom filter metric <laughs> and you choose your stat and you put a a value kind of at the bottom and the top like how you want to cut the search off so what we did for this episode is i grabbed olebron which is our overall offensive impact and you have to have an olebron of at least two which if you're familiar with the olebron scale like you're getting to like top 40 range at an olebron of two so i wanted to look at the players that are impacting the game at a high rate on offense and look at their their teammates kind of surrounding them i think for the list i actually grabbed for this season there are 33 players on the list so basically i want to take like the, the top end players of the league and again we're going to look at teammate o lebron and teammate d lebron again when De'Aaron fox is on the court how good are his teammates at offense and defense like that's what we're going to go through but again you can go through this If you go on the Basketball Index site and you can look at teammate whatever, I think it's for like basically any stat in our database. So there's some cool things where it's like you can look at teammate rim protection or you can look at teammate uh, perimeter isolation defense. So you can find out things of like, well, is this big out there all alone with no one that can stay in front of them? Like the Jazz in 2020 and 2021 with Rudy Gobert struggling so much in the playoffs. You could then look at teammate. Uh, we're going to have an all in one perimeter defense soon here. But right now, you can look at like perimeter isolation defense. Like, can anyone stay in front of anybody in isolation? So you could do this for all kinds of stats teammate off ball gravity or teammate uh, catch and shoot three point shot making. Like, there's all kinds of ways you could look at like how much space does a star have around them so this is really really good stuff i mean honestly we're going to be digging into this for like probably the next several years discovering things so a lot of information here but i wanted to talk about the top five we'll call them like star players is just how i'm going to refer to the group of 33 guys i grabbed offensive star players um and we're going to look at who had the best teammate, O LeBron, and the uh, worst teammate, O'LeBron. So I'm just looking at the top five really quick. This is the best teammate, O LeBron, of this last season of the 2022-23 season. So Sabonis was number one in this list. De'Aaron Fox was number two. You're going to see a theme here. Jamal Murray was number three. Uh, Jokic was four. And Laurie Markkiden was five. So this is going to happen sometimes where there's a pair of teammates because they're boosting up each other's situation. I think it happens. Cleveland's pretty high on this list with Donovan Mitchell and Garland. They're both like, I think like in the top 12, this happens with a couple other teammates. I think Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson are both in the top 12 as well. So again, that makes sense because it's like you're a pretty good offensive player. If you're on this list, if we're looking at it right. And if you have another teammate, who's like a, like a, all-star candidate or an all nba player the chances of your teammate O'LeBron being a lot higher so the kings were i mean we talked about it a lot with christian and tim on our episodes when we were doing power rankings things like that where the kings were just completely built for offense where sabonis again number one in teammate o LeBron, meaning his teammates had the highest average o LeBron when he was on the court of any player in the league and you know they saw You saw this year that they used him as like a passing hub. That made a lot of sense. He was a good facilitator. On top of that, De'Aaron Fox, number two, who had a fantastic year. We saw him really play well in the playoffs before injuring his finger. And that makes sense. Kind of two-headed monster with the Kings. They have guys like Keegan Murray, the rookie shooter, Herder, another great shooter. Um, They have the stretch four, who I'm blanking on. (laughs) He used to play for Golden State. (laughs) Can't remember what his name is. You know who I'm talking about. If you don't know... I just look it up. He's the king's power for They re-signed him in free agency. Harrison Barnes. That was his name. I couldn't remember his name. Harrison Barnes. Um, so they had a ton of shooting, a ton of offensive players. That makes sense that Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox were one and two in teammate Olebron. Oh, After that, Jamal Murray and Jokic. This was the one-two punch that won the NBA championship year. That makes sense. That they're splitting the court with each other is important, but again, Michael Porter Jr., really good offensive player. Aaron Gordon, another really good player. KCP, where they were surrounded by players that are not only – uh, talented but fit the modern day mold of like okay like there's flexibility here there's defense there's shooting again we're just looking at the offense right now and teammate Olebron, but i'm just saying the bigger picture they were surrounded by not only each other really good tandem scoring tandem but also the players around them like there's a reason they like you're not going to be super low and teammate o lebron to win the championship it's just not going to happen and then laurie marken who had a fantastic season and he was like He's in a different role because he was more of a stretch big. There was some isolation play out of him. There was a lot of catch and shoots. Uh, Really good offensive player, but also was surrounded by offense because in that role of stretch big, it's hard to be super impactful if like your creators aren't doing anything, right? So I thought that was a pretty interesting top five guys. I think that makes sense. Those were offensive oriented teams. Um, and now I want to look at the teammates or the teammate Olebron, the guys in the worst situations, the guys that just did not have anyone helping them, because I think when I read this list, you're going to be like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. So, number one, the least amount of help last year, Damian Lillard. And he went on to have a crazy Olebron, his offensive impact was insane. It's a shame his season kind of got shut down there at the end because they just were like, oh, there's no there's no point in trying to win these games because the team's so bad. But Dame himself is playing at such a high level. I'm pretty sure he was number one looking at right now. Yeah, he was number one in just normal. O LeBron. So his offensive impact was the best in the league. And he had the worst teammate, O LeBron. So really difficult situation for him to succeed. But went out, balled out, and played out of his mind. Played at a really high all-NBA level. I thought, like, honestly, could have snuck in there as, like, a dark horse MVP candidate. Maybe not to win, but, like, I think he was really in that conversation. But when your teammate, O LeBron, is that low... That's really tough. I wonder if in the future that if you could use, I mean, you should, like when looking at MVP candidates, I think this would be a really good stat to look at because it's like if you have no one around you, like you're like, of course, your team's not going to be good. But like, I almost think that shines a light on what you're doing even more. Uh, number two, Jimmy Butler of Miami. So we know that Miami roster, not exactly offensively slanted, good defensively. So I'm just going to jump ahead here. We're going to look at teammate D. LeBron. Uh, Jimmy Butler's teammate, D. LeBron, quite good. Is in the top 10 because that was a defensive-oriented team. Obviously, they make that playoff run, but offensively not really surrounded by much. So we have Dame at number one, Jimmy Butler at two. After that, LeBron at three, like the first half of the season. It's hard with the Lakers last year because after the trade deadline, they were like a brand-new team, and they had a lot more offensive impact, just like they acquired guys that that fit the team better that also were just, frankly, playing better. Um, but the first half of that season like, really hurts it in the teammate O-LeBron department for the player LeBron, not the stat LeBron. <laughs> uh, after that, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So the issue with the Clippers were Kawhi Leonard didn't play a ton last year because they were kind of easing him back in. And then uh, Paul George also in the mix. But surrounding them, they have a very brittle team. Because I've talked about this before. When you... I'd say like there was some min-maxing going on, also like a veteran team, but when you surround your two best players, Paul George and Giannis, or I'm sorry, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, not Giannis, uh, with shooters, I know they had Luke Kennard, they traded him, they have one of those more, whatever Morris twin they had, was as, as pretty much mostly like a catch-and-shoot guy at this point in his career, and, there's players that can play finish around them. Zubox is a good example, like decent play finishing big, but they don't have anybody else with much offensive juice. I know they went out and they got John Wall, and which I like, I didn't mind the idea. It didn't really work out, but there was nobody else creating on that team for the most part, and I think that really hurt Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's teammate, O'LeBron. Again, there was play finishing around them, but like not a lot of like... Oomph from anybody else I know they made a trade they got Bones Highland and Russell Westbrook late in the year and that did help but I don't know what's going on with the Clippers I'm not sure like I guess maybe has their ship sailed is this window over because like Kawhi is not going to be healthy Paul George like they're both on the wrong side of 30 I don't know this is a it, this would be an interesting thing to present to their team and be like you know what are you what do you think's going on here? You want to like try one more run at this or you want to try to blow this up while Paul George still has some trade value? I don't know. We don't – we're not surrounding these guys with – you're surrounding these guys with like solid NBA talent but like not surrounding them with like any other type of like real difference maker. I guess Russ is there and I, I guess that's what you're going to roll with. But I don't know. Uh, after that, Giannis uh, was at six again in bad teammate O LeBron because – It was pretty much him and Drew Holiday last year. Chris Middleton missed a ton of the year. And that roster is more of like a defensively slanted roster anyway. Uh, After that, LaMelo Ball just not getting a lot of help. Um, SGA on this list not getting a ton of help. Devin Booker prior to the Durant trade. Like that team just did not have a lot of oomph. um It's not not great, not great. Uh, After that AD, because the same thing with with the LeBron situation, the first half of the year, it was was pretty much those two guys, and that was about it. And then Luka. Luka was at 11. Tyrese Halliburton uh, rounds out the top 12, where it's like Luka and Halliburton, younger players, people are really excited about, but they're just – They're not exactly in built like in a situation to win anything that's been happening. I know Luca had a deep playoff run, but like that was mostly just Luca and then Halliburton, you know, he's going to be age 24. He does have a little bit of help around him just as far as the team goes. But again, offense, another creator, another difference maker, just not really there. So that was kind of looking at the top 12 of the best and the worst situations for stars. Let's go over to the defensive side of things. So Defensively, teammate D. LeBron. So when you're on the court, are you surrounded by good defenders? (laughs) I'm going to read the top five here. And uh, I like this. Darius Garland, number one on Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell, number two. When you have Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen behind you, that's – I mean, I, I just did a post about this where, like, not only are those guys pretty good interior defenders, but they both have the ability to switch out on the perimeter and hold their own. And not only that, like, they're just two of the better switching bigs in the league. So while it does run into problems offensively, when you have two defensive bigs on your team that don't at this point, you know, we're all really excited about Mobley, but at this point, not a ton of offensive game. You saw that in the playoffs last year. It was a problem. But the flip side of it is you get a ton of defensive value out of them, and that's why Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell have the best two-teammate deal LeBron's in the league. After that, John Morant, also not known as a defensive player. But when you're surrounded by the defensive player of the year, last year they had Dylan Brooks, role players like Steven Adams, even Desmond Bain, his other scoring teammate, pretty good defender. John Morant's in a really good situation for... Like doesn't have the most offensive talent around him just to see you would like that to be a little bit higher, but uh, a defensively inside the top three that does cover up some of his weaknesses because frankly John Morant's not a very good defensive player like his D LeBron is aided greatly by being in the third best defensive situation in the league. After that, Giannis, like I said, Giannis was at number four in terms of defensive help. So not only is Giannis a really, really great defensive player throughout his career, had a down year this year, but some of that was new defensive roles. Some of it was he just... They just didn't have a lot of offense outside of him, so the offensive burn was really on him. But really, really great defense. Like at one point, I was was talking to talking to somebody. I was talking to like Cody Hodek on on Twitter, and we were just like DMing about the amount of all defensive players like that could possibly be on the Bucks, which is it's great. It was like four guys, and then again, Jason Tatum at five, really good defensive situation. Obviously, with Boston, a lot of plus defenders there. So again, offensive talent around Jason Tatum, a C. But the defensive talent around him is an A. That, basically, that's like how the top of this list goes. So like Garland and Mitchell, they got C's around them in terms of teammate O LeBron. But then A's and D LeBron. So that's pretty good. Same with Morant. Same with Tatum. And then Giannis was worth Giannis was with an F around him offensively and then an A defensively. So other guys on this list um, in terms of having good defensive teammates around them. Steph Curry was at six. Devin Booker at 9, Jimmy Butler at 10, and then Kawhi Leonard at 11, Durant at 12. So these guys have defensive help that is really important. So we looked at the offense and the defense separately, and I just was curious who had who had the most help of any player in the league. Jamal Murray. So Jamal Murray was in the best situation where he played out of his mind in the playoffs, was a big part of that championship, but just in terms of situation, in terms of teammate LeBron, Jamal Murray, number one in the league, and then uh, after that, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, we talked about them just getting so much defensive impact. Uh, like John Morant makes sense. So, like if you're on the O and the D LeBron like tops, you're probably going to be on the highest LeBron. Let's look at players with the worst situation around them uh, in terms of teammate LeBron. LaMelo Ball at number one on Charlotte. I think that makes sense. We talked about Tyrese Halliburton at two, Luca at three, Anthony Davis at four, and SGA at five uh, after that Dame, Lori, Marketin, LeBron, Trey Young. So, oh, jo- oh, Joel Embiid, that's actually surprising. I wouldn't have thought it would be that low. But, yeah, that is the best and worst situations in the league. And I think that just kind of shines a light on things. Like, I think LaMelo Ball, I think people were a little disappointed last year and they were kind of hoping for like a jump coming. But then realistically, you look at it it's like, okay, his teammates average O LeBron's an F and his teammate D LeBron's a C where he's in the worst situation in the league. That's not a recipe for you to have a breakout season when you're only 21 years old. Like you, Especially when you're a point guard where it's like you need to facilitate to your teammates that are like some of the worst scorers in the league. Um, like I said, Halliburton and Luka. It's just difficult when you're in your early 20s and you're on a really bad team. I mean, that's part of the reason these players are on these teams, right? Because these teams were very bad and had high draft picks. I know Halliburton was a trade, but he was also like a a lotto pick. So I'm interested to see how this changes because like I said, like the league changes really quickly. Every three years, it feels like the deck is reshuffled. So it'll be interesting to see how this will change in the next few years. But I don't know. I just think this is really good context for i mean that's why the stat used to be called context (laughs) Um, but teammate lebron is a really good way to evaluate a player situation to see should this player be succeeding is this player in a good or bad situation what are the expectations of this roster looking back especially looking back like you know do they have help do they not have help this is really really useful stuff and like i said if you go on the site in the leaderboard tool you can break it down however you want you can look at again like i said 3 point shooting finishing around the rim rim defense like there's all these types of things you can look at that are really helpful for understanding your team situation your favorite player situation And I think it will just lead to probably better arguments in the future, stronger arguments that hold up because there's some data behind it instead of just like, oh, well, you know, Jamal Murray, like, oh, if only he had this, that, and whatever. It's like, no, he's literally in the best situation of any player in the league. (laughs) The best situation in terms of who he's on the court with. So, uh, yeah, that's just going to do it. I wanted to introduce everyone to our new teammate stats because, like, we renamed them. And then also I think there's more of them now. I think we just put out – um extra kind of like more team let me just let me just let me type on my extremely loud mechanical keyboard man you can look at teammate age teammate free throw percentage teammate uh free throw rate teammate on ball percentage teammate post defense like like when i say you can look at basically everything teammate screening talent Teammate overall gravity teammate three-point shot creation like this this section of the leaderboard is super long like you just scroll down it for a long time you can look up teammate mid-range pull-up shot creation so really you can look up anything i mean let's face it like the basketball index leaderboard tool is like the sh- most powerful tool that's ever been available for five dollars a month you can look up an insane amount of things like literally the same data we just did something with an agent um and they were digging into the data and you know forming a, uh, well, I was going to say hypothesis, forming a case for their player to get paid more negotiating with the team. So again, literally the same data that agents and front offices are using. So that's going to do it for this episode. Again, the stat is called, it's hard because the stat's called teammate and then whatever you want to look at. So like teammate LeBron would be again, the, when you're, when your players on the court what are their teammates average LeBron when they're on the court with them? So what is their surrounding talent situation? This is a stat for Charles Barkley. This would be his favorite stat because we can't go back to when he was playing, but I'm going to guess his situation, his teammate LeBron, not very good in a lot of those seasons. Uh, If you want to talk to me on Twitter, at TaylorMetrics, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index Podcast.